Welcome to the True Crime Fighters podcast. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories, but very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. I'm John J. Wiley. I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. I'm also the host of this and the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Get access to unique news stories, op-ed stories, videos, our free app, and much more at letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to check out the Be Heard tab. Look for the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Also check out the LET Podcast Network with numerous great podcasts to choose from. Esther Pepitone Albano was the widow of Mike Pepitone, who was murdered by the serial killer known as the Axeman of New Orleans. Did Esther stop the Axeman's reign of terror? Be sure to subscribe to the True Crime Fighters podcast for free and never miss a new episode. All episodes will be 15 minutes or less. Also, if you like the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Don't go anywhere. We'll return to the True Crime Fighters podcast in just a moment. One of the most frequent questions we see is, where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today Podcast Network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. From May of 1918 through October 1919, the city of New Orleans, Louisiana, was plagued by a vicious serial killer dubbed the Axeman of New Orleans. Some report suspicions that the killings actually started around 1911. The Axeman of New Orleans was never publicly and officially identified, but was his reign of terror stopped by Esther Pepitone Albano, the widow of his last victim? As the killer's name implies, the victims usually were attacked with an axe, which often belonged to the victims themselves. In most cases, a panel on a back door of a home was removed by a chisel, which, along with the panel, was left on the floor near the door. The intruder then attacked one or more of the residents with either an axe or straight razor. The crimes were not motivated by robbery, and the perpetrator never removed items from his victims' homes. The majority of the Axeman's victims were Italian immigrants or Italian Americans, leading many to believe that the crimes were ethnically motivated. Many media outlets sensationalized this aspect of the crimes, even suggesting mafia involvement despite lack of evidence. Some crime analysts have suggested that the killings were related to sex and that the murderer was perhaps a sadist, specifically seeking female victims. The Axeman of New Orleans killed at least 12 people. They include the following. Joseph Maggio, 
was an Italian grocer who was attacked on May 23, 1918, while sleeping alongside his wife. Catherine Maggio was the wife of Joseph Maggio. Her throat was cut so deeply that her head was nearly severed from her shoulders. Both were murdered when their throats were slit. Louis Bessemer and his mistress were attacked in the early morning hours of June 27, 1918, in their quarters at the back of his grocery store. Bessemer was struck with a hatchet above his right temple. Harriet Lowe was attacked while in bed with Louis Bessemer. Lowe was hacked above her left ear and found unconscious at the scene of the crime. Anna Schneider was attacked in the early evening hours of August 5, 1918. The eight months pregnant 28-year-old woman awoke to find a dark figure standing over her and was bashed in the face repeatedly. Her scalp had been cut open and her face was completely covered in blood. Mrs. Schneider was discovered after midnight by her husband, Ed, who was returning late from work. Joseph Romano was an elderly man living with his two nieces. On August 10, 1918, Pauline and Mary awoke to the sound of a commotion in the adjoining room. Upon entering the room, the sisters discovered that their uncle had taken a serious blow to his head. Charles Cortemiglia was an Italian immigrant who lived with his wife, Rosie, and infant daughter in Gretna, Louisiana, a New Orleans suburb across the Mississippi River. On the night of March 10, 1919, screams were heard coming from the residents. Grocer Orlando Giordano rushed across the street to investigate. Upon his arrival, Giordano noticed that Charles Cordomiglia, his wife, and their daughter had all been attacked by the unknown intruder. Rosie Cordomiglia was attacked alongside her husband on March 10, 1919, while sleeping with her baby in her arms. She was badly wounded by the Axeman, but survived the incident. Mary Cordomiglia was a two-year-old daughter of Charles and Rosie Cordomiglia. She was killed while sleeping in her mother's arms with a single blow to the back of the neck when she and her parents were attacked. Steve Boca, a grocer, was attacked in his bedroom as he slept by an axe-wielding intruder on August 10, 1919. Boca awoke during the night to find a dark figure looming over his bed. Sarah Lauman was attacked on the night of September 3, 1919. Neighbors came to check on the young woman who lived alone and broke into the home when Lauman did not answer. They discovered the 19-year-old lying unconscious on her bed, suffering from a severe head injury and missing several teeth. Mike Pepitone was attacked on the night of October 27, 1919. His wife was awakened by a noise and arrived at the door of his bedroom just as a large axe-wielding man was fleeing the scene. Mike Pepitone had been struck in the head and was covered in his own blood. Blood splatter covered the majority of the room. From NOLA.com Esther and Mike Pepitone were asleep in bed. She woke up shortly before 1 a.m. on October 27, 1919, when she heard her husband's cry, Oh my God! Esther Pepitone found her husband unconscious. Their mattress was saturated with blood, and the walls were splattered from the floor nearly to the ceiling. Mike Pepitone's head had been bashed 18 times with at least one weapon, but it was hard to tell just what had happened because his skull was so badly damaged. It was battered into an almost unrecognizable mass. Esther Pepitone told police she caught a glimpse of two shadowy figures in the darkened bedroom, but she could not identify the men. The two wordlessly slipped toward the back of the house, she said, through the room where the Pepitone's six children were sleeping and exited through the back door. His savage murder was never solved. 
It was the last in a string of attacks commonly attributed to a now mythical serial killer known as the Axeman of New Orleans. One prevailing theory behind the Axeman murders is that they stemmed from a feud between warring mafia factions. Nine years before the killing of Mike Pepitone, he and his father, Peter Pepitone, were central figures in a killing described at the time as the culmination of one such vendetta. After her husband's murder, Esther Pepitone started over. She moved with her children to Los Angeles in January 1921, and in September that year, she became Esther Albano when she married Angelo Albano, a man she'd known from New Orleans. Just before the wedding, Angelo Albano had dissolved their business partnership with another New Orleans man, Doc Mumphrey, who was living in San Bernardino. Mumphrey was known by a long list of first names, including Joseph, Leon, and Frank, and last names, among them Manfrey, Monfrey, Mumphrey, and even Humphrey. Mumphrey was a pharmacist by day, but he led a double life. He was convicted in 1908 of tossing a bomb at a grocery store after trying to extort money from the owner, among numerous other scrapes of the law. Mumphrey was also one of the prime suspects for the Axeman of New Orleans crimes. About the time that Esther Pepitone left New Orleans, the Axeman murders stopped. On October 27, 1921, two years to the day after the slaying of Mike Pepitone, Angelo Albano, Esther's second husband, left home to buy vegetables for dinner, according to a story in the Los Angeles Times. He was seen by witnesses at the market and later made a withdrawal from the bank, and then he was never seen again. A week or so after her second husband went missing, Esther Albano approached Mumphrey and asked him if he knew anything about the disappearance, according to an account she gave later to the Times. Mumphrey's response seems to suggest he wasn't aware that Angelo and Esther Albano were married. On December 5, 1921, at about noon, Esther Albano was with three of her children at their home in Los Angeles when Doc Mumphrey knocked on the door. He placed his hand on his hip pocket and demanded $500 in my jewelry, she later told police. He stated, if I did not give that to him, he would kill me the same way he killed my husband, apparently referring to Angelo Albano. Esther Albano believed. Esther Albano went to her bedroom and got a 38 caliber revolver. She fired Mumphrey's direction, missing with her first shot. As Mumphrey struggled to remove his own gun from his pocket, she fired again, hitting him. She squeezed the trigger again and again and again. She continued shooting as Mumphrey slipped down his steps. After emptying the revolver, she grabbed a second 38 and emptied that one into Mumphrey too. He slid nearly to the bottom of the steps, lifeless and any secrets he had died with him. Then Esther Albano went to the grocery store next door and asked the man working there to call the police. Some might say that she exacted revenge for the murder of her second husband, and others would say that she killed Mumphrey in self-defense, and yet others would say by doing so, she killed the notorious Axeman murderer of New Orleans. Was Esther Pepitone Albano a vigilante or true crime fighter? You be the judge. As for me, I suspect that she stopped the notorious serial killer, the Axeman in New Orleans. Sources, NOLA.com and Wikipedia.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the True Crime Writers Podcast. Another one will be heading your way soon.